the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. CBS and other fo- the following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxenteco's message today is the conclusion to the message we started yesterday entitled Christ and the Antichrist. Remember our telephone number is 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. Feel free to call that telephone number at any time. If you would, stay with me for just a few seconds after the program ends today. I have some other very important information I'd like to pass along to you. Don't forget our phone number. It's 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Now, in Revelation eleven nineteen, the throne is identified as the Ark of the Covenant that is in heaven. So God's throne, God's law, one truth, they're standing before that holy law. They're standing before the standard of righteousness with God the Father seated or standing on it, depending on the context. And at the end of time, the 104,000 have fled into the sanctuary to be saved. They have gone right into the most holy place, and they are hiding under the wings of the Ark of the Covenant. Psalms 91 verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I like this next phrase. For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. You ever try to save yourself? It says, For He will do this. Look at verse 4. You ever felt naked in the presence of God? For He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. I mean, if you're in trouble, he can get you out of trouble. If you feel naked in the presence of a holy God, he can clothe you with righteousness so you can stand. The Bible says they sing a new song before the throne. A new song is found six times in Psalms and one time in Isaiah, and every time it describes the victory of God's people in war. It describes salvation that comes when you can't hide from the enemy and you can't win on your own and only God can save you. Psalms 98.1, O sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. Revelation 14.3 says they sing a new song. In the same verse it says they have been redeemed from the earth. Friend, the only song that sticks and holds in life is the song of God's victory in your life. You ever heard someone sing a tune? Well, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And they talk about I, I, I in their testimony about Christianity. You know, I don't want to hear a testimony where someone talks about themselves all the time. Do you? I want to hear a testimony where they talk about what Christ has done for them in spite of them. I like to hear a testimony when someone talks about the sins they struggle with, the real challenges of life, the faults of character deep inside, and how the matchless beauty of Jesus meets the need. That's the kind of testimony that speaks to me, and that's the kind of song they sing. 
It is the song that God saved you through Jesus when you can't save yourself. It's the song that is all about the one who saves and not about you as so much, except maybe as an object of God's grace, you're important. In Revelation 14, 4 and 5, there are four lamb tracks provided for those who follow Jesus up the mountain. Four clear-cut paths that will lead to Mount Zion. And when you follow Christ over Antichrist, these four lamb tracks are certain routes that will lead to the Lord. Lamb track number one is purity in the pursuit of God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Purity in the pursuit of God. Look at Revelation 14, verse 4. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. A purity here is not something you are in of yourself. And it doesn't mean here you can't get married. Don't misunderstand the text. A woman in the book of Revelation represents a false church system that relies on tradition, that relies on feeling, that does not rely on the truth of God's word. And as Christians, we are to have absolutely nothing to do with a system that does not base its belief on the Bible and follow the truths of Jesus in it. And so purity here is defined as a commitment to the Bible, a commitment to God's truth in your life. It is not something you have in yourself. It is something you receive as a gift from Jesus. It is something you receive as you learn from the Scriptures what is truth. Now Jesus uses the metaphor of ten virgins in Matthew 25 to describe people who seek the oil of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And Paul uses this metaphor to describe a pure and uncompromised devotion to Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 11, look at verses 2 to 3. Paul says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, that I might present you to him as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, what does it mean here? When you are a virgin, spiritually speaking, it means you have a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ. It means you aren't doing it so others will look at you and think that you're a good Christian. It means you're doing it because you love Jesus and you want to live for his glory. You know the difference? And there's no place in leadership, There's no place in God's calling for a person to act as if it's all about them and not about the Lord Jesus who died for them. So a pure and sincere devotion to the truth. In Revelation 17, the harlot is married to the beast. A beast represents the world kingdom system. Actually, she's not married to the beast. She's committing fornication with the kings of the earth that the beast represents. A beast represents a world kingdom system that unifies the kings of the earth. The majority in the church at the end of time will fall in love with the state and forget a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ. I mean, we're living in a strange age where people believe that somehow politicians, somehow a political fix can be given to take the place of the chaos in the world around us. They're substituting God's law with laws that don't last long and that don't solve the problems of the world order. Social security checks over Jesus' security. 9-11 security over freedom. We're living in crazy days. I doubt that Jefferson and the pioneers of this country would recognize what's morphing before our very eyes. Lamb track number one is purity in the pursuit of God. Lamb track number two is an unreserved devotion to the leadership of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. And the key word is unreserved devotion. Revelation 14.4, these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Now, the key phrase is wherever he goes. In the end, the majority of the world will follow the beast where the lamb doesn't go. The remnant will follow Christ through persecution, 
where the lamb is already gone. In the context, they follow the lamb's word, the word of God. They keep his law. They cherish the truth of the faith of Jesus. They care about that apostolic gospel. They're not legalists. They're committed to the apostolic gospel. They follow Jesus. They listen to his voice. They're not very interested in the voices of charismatic Christian thinkers if they don't agree with his voice. And the Bible indicates in other places he knows them by name. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I mean, I want the Lord to say that about me in my life. What about you? I want the Lord to say, I know Mike Oxentanko. He follows me. He hears my voice, and I call him by name. And yet, that's what I want for all of us here as well. Now, the next verse, and I give them eternal life. It doesn't say we earn it. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Jesus' sheep are willing to accept the fact that walking in the footsteps of Jesus involves suffering at times for his name's sake, but it's worth following the Lamb. In 1 Peter 2.21, For this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus' sheep take comfort that the lamb tracks have already been laid down by perfect feet, and the path is his path. Following Christ over Antichrist is the path to glory. And every person who walks in the lamb tracks of Jesus Christ has a path that is already perfect and complete in him. No guesswork from God's perspective about your future. No figuring out if you'll have an outcome. If you stick in his lamb tracks, which are the cow tracks of his righteousness, as David would put it, you're going to make it to God's kingdom and glory. No guesswork. There is a road that will lead you home. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. I mean, the person who boasts about their achievements and their growth in Christ probably is not in Christ, most definitely, or at least they're slipping at that moment. Not because of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's not one thing you need in life that has not been forged and perfected in the life of and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for you. All that you can become is in Christ. Lamb track number one is purity in the pursuit of God. Lamb track number two is an unreserved devotion to the leadership of Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. That leads us to lamb track number three, which is the path of personal redemption. You know, not an impersonal religion, not an intellectual religion, a personal redemption in Jesus. The 144,000 are a group of individuals who celebrate the fact that they were bought back and brought back to God by the blood of the Lamb. They're all about seeing about what he has done. They are grateful for the cross of Christ in their personal and public lives. Revelation 14.4, these were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to, to God and to the Lamb. Friend, redeemed is not a small word in a big sentence. Redeemed is not a passing idea in a fertile mind. Redeemed is not a comma on the way to another thought. Redeemed is the heart of the song of the saved. Redeemed is the reason for the music on the mountain. Redeemed is why they sing with harps in their hands. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is the new song that must be sung for you to stand on Zion's land. Unless a person feels personally redeemed, because they really do believe that Jesus died for them, And they are grateful for the cross of Christ. That person 
will never fall in the lamb tracks of Jesus very far with confidence. Why? Because they'll be crushed by their sins, crushed by their defeats. I like to just raise my hand and say, I personally have struggled in my life with a sense of condemnation at times. Does anyone here ever struggle with that? Okay. Here is the truth. They must stand and confront that feeling. Christ overcame the world. He overcame your sins at the cross. And he is ever living to make intercession for you. Therefore, you are accepted on the basis of his righteousness, the basis of his goodness, the basis of his victory, and not on the basis of how you feel. And so by faith in Jesus Christ, we must seize the word and believe and thank God that he died for us personally. 1 Peter 1.18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for your sake. Christ didn't come to make a point. There are some people who say that Christ came just to demonstrate the truth of God. It's very clear here, Peter says, Christ came for your sake. For God so loved the world, he came for your sake. He came so that you would not be forsaken. He came for your sake. God gave his lamb for you, redeemed by the lamb, Christ the lamb for you. Revelation 14.4 says the redeemed are first fruits to God and to the lamb. In the Old Testament economy, the first fruits were taken directly into the temple of God for God's use. Turn to Exodus 23.19. The Bible says the first of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. If you walk in the lamb tracks, you end up in God's house. It's pretty basic. It's that simple. If you follow the beast, you end up in the fire. It's that fatal. And so follow the lamb. Isn't that the logical route here? Isn't that the wise way to go? Lamb track number four is the love of the truth. It completes the three that come before. Revelation 14, 5. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Now, how do they get to be that way? We live in a world today that rejects the notion that there is a truth to follow. Pilate turned to Jesus and said without shame, what is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John wrote that thy word is truth. Anything that comes from Jesus Christ and that is inspired in his mind, you can find it in the word of God for you. It's in your Bible. God's word for you is the biblical truth for you. His holy law given to you at Sinai is truth for you. How he brought his people out on eagle's wings and grace to show them his will is truth for you. Christ is the creator who made the world in six days and rest on the seventh day. It is truth for you. The gospel that he died for you on Friday rested on the seventh day and rose to his work on Sunday to say you are accepted in him. It is truth for you. If you pick and choose what is truth for you in the Bible, if you just kind of put away that stuff that you don't want and only hang on to the stuff you do, you're not walking the lamb tracks up the mountain. Those who pursue truth want all the truth. And tradition doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it. Now, there's tradition in our church too at times. Sometimes people are so locked in that they won't allow the Bible to work within the church to grow us into new understandings that we need for the last days. We need to humble up, allow the Bible to speak, and allow God's messengers and ministers and others in the church who are studying for us to grow as we interact with Bible truth. 
Finally, the Bible says in Revelation 14, 5, that those who walk in the lamb tracks are without fault before God's throne. It's a fact we all have faults. How many of you have faults? Raise your hand. If, okay, those of you who don't, keep it low because I don't want to embarrass you by saying you're wrong. Okay? We all have faults. Every now and then there's a narcissist that doesn't believe that they do, but we do. So what does it mean here? We're all born sinners. The Bible teaches this. In fact, John says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. As we walk as Christians, we are still sinners by definition because we were born that way. We struggle with it. The minute you think you aren't and you don't, you're in trouble. We are all utterly bankrupt without the Savior. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and continue to fall short of the glory of God. We read the phrase all have sinned and we fail to read the next phrase. They continue to fall short of the glory of God. That doesn't mean it's okay to plan to do it. It doesn't mean it's okay to say that it's okay. It's not okay to fall short. But it happens. And the only way to be righteous in the end is to have someone standing before God in your place as righteousness who makes you righteous, both by covering you from your misdeeds in the past and by empowering you to grow up and live for God, to become holy and blameless and perfect, and you will stand without fault before the throne of God, but not because of you. Righteousness by faith in the righteous one, not in yourself. The 144,000 follow the Lamb who is the true Christ, not the beast which is Antichrist. That church-state system of the Middle Ages taught that you are saved by faith and works, and that works completes faith by bringing merit for your acceptance before God. And it was this doctrine and teaching that the Reformers died at the stake to resist. Friends, you are saved by faith in Jesus, who started the work in you, who will finish it if you walk in the lamb tracks up the mountain. That means they're on Mount Zion behind the lamb in the context. They're before the throne, They follow the Lamb, so someone is in between. Revelation 14.3 says they are before the throne of God. God sees no fault in them because he sees them through the veil of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They are before the throne. The Lamb is in front of them, and God is on the other side. The veil that protects them from God's glory is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.20 says without apology that Jesus is that veil. Christ is the new and living way that God has opened up to you to stand before his throne without fault. And you can apply it in your life right now. You can get on your knees and pray to God. You can come to him because the protection of Christ allows you to have perfect, direct access to God to grow you and to hold you in these last days. They stand without fault because Jesus has no fault. They stand without fault because Jesus is not ashamed to confess their names as his people before the Father. The choice is Christ or Antichrist. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Lamb tracks all the way to God in life. The beast is not. Who will you choose? Let's review the lamb tracks. Number one, purity in the pursuit of God. It really doesn't matter if you're seeking God for God's sake instead of just looking good. Number two, devotion to the leadership of Jesus Christ. Really, devotion means an unreserved commitment to let him call the shots. Number three, a path of personal redemption. Coming to church and worshiping the Lord is not about just singing songs and doing something. It's about really knowing that you have been saved and the Lord died for you and that it's for your sake that he sent his son. And number four, the love of the truth at any cost. 
Do you care enough about the truth to invest in it with your tithes and offerings? Do you care enough about it to spend time working for others in Bible studies? Do you care enough to not look back, to cut the branch and to put yourself out on a limb for his namesake? I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my son, John Michael, was getting ready to drive to Maryland to preach his first sermon right here. It happened here, and I wasn't here. My son wanted to share with me what he was going to talk about. He said, Dad, let's get in the Polaris, Grandpa's four-wheel drive, and let me drive, because I like driving, and I'll talk too. You just sit there, Dad. So on the way, he started telling me how it works in life. He said he was working in a nursing clinic, and someone came up to me and said, Are you a Christian? And he just stopped. He can't think about it. What does it mean to be a Christian when someone out there is asking you the question? Do you say yes? And what does it mean? Here I was listening to my son tell me what it means to be a Christian. As a parent, you wonder sometimes if you messed up or not with your children. I mean, any parents ever wonder that? There were times when I let my boys down and I had to repent. I wasn't a perfect dad. I had times when I slipped into worldliness in my life and I had to repent. I can remember coming to him coming to Donald too and telling both the boys that I need to fix some things with God and pray to God that Jesus Christ would help me to be a better dad. One of the big decisions in our lives was to remove the television from our house. Did you hear me? It was a big decision. It was hard. It's part of our culture, but it was a good decision for us. I'm not saying it's what you have to do, but for us it was a good decision. We made that decision together and we owned it together. We decided to go camping study God's Word, to be more active in the church, and not allow ourselves to be sucked into the Hollywood culture of our time. But for every son, there comes a time when they must own their own personal faith as a man. They can't just live on dad's faith or mom's faith. So here he was telling me what he was going to preach about. I just sat there and listened to him, stunned. He said, Dad, you either have the Holy Spirit or you don't. The Holy Spirit is the all-or-nothing gift in life, Dad. And if you're willing to give everything up to Christ, if you're willing to be committed to Jesus, to receive the Spirit of Jesus, you'll have him. I said, you're absolutely right. You got it right. I didn't comment on it. I didn't analyze it. I didn't condemn it. It was God speaking through my son to me. We bowed our heads when we prayed together to follow Jesus with an undivided heart just before my son left Tennessee to preach in a pulpit here John Michael drove late in the night after his classes on Thursday to avoid the snow that hit Interstate 81. He arrived here at home around 2 a.m. I called him a lot on the way, and we prayed a lot on the way. I didn't want him to fall asleep. I just wanted him to get here and be able to preach and get back safely. I was not willing to let him go to sleep on the road. I guess that's how you get through storms in life with Jesus who is the way. You pray all the way. You see, the Lord is not willing for you to fall asleep on the road. That's how you stay awake on the road that leads to God. You pray. You pray all the way, all the way home in the lamb tracks of Jesus Christ who is the way home. Christ or antichrist? That's the question. It's the question you must answer for yourself and I must answer. Friend, Christ is the way. Follow him to God in glory and live forever at the top of Mount Zion. Before I have the prayer today, I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm going to have a heart call. If it is your decision to let the Lord Jesus lead you, really, an unreserved commitment to Him. And you know you're weak, but you know He's strong. You want to make a choice right now. I choose Christ, an unreserved commitment to Him. 
for the rest of my life, but I choose him today. And I know I enjoy the protection of grace as I make this choice that I might live for his glory. If that is your prayer, raise your hand right now and let's pray. Father God, you know that we are human stuff, that sin is ever at the door, easy to find its way in, that the Antichrist world kingdom system can be in the church, and when it is, it's Antichrist, and we don't want it here. Father, I ask that every heart and every life that has chosen Jesus will have him. May they prove it by falling on their knees in the morning and seeking Christ in the prayer that starts the day. May the word of God, the music of God, the presence of the Lord be that which carries them through the day. And may they end their day on their knees as they started, thanking you for the grace of God in Jesus. Bless every life, every heart in him. And help all to stand who raise their hand and those who haven't need to on Zion's ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. There you have it, today's broadcast entitled Christ and the Antichrist. And it's the conclusion to the message we started yesterday. If you missed the first portion, it's available for you on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Don't forget our phone number if you have any questions about this broadcast or this ministry. It's 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. If this broadcast has ministered to you, would you consider a financial contribution? The address here is Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court Suite, 201 Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. Once again, Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court Suite, 201 Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. And if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, please stop by the worship service. You can find directions online at reachingyourheart.com or feel free to call us at any time. Once again, that telephone number, 877-788-5371. And don't forget, you can listen to any of these messages again in their entirety under the broadcast schedule there on the main page of reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, we want you to know that we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.